Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by obstacle course racer Cole Schwartz. We had a great discussion about how he got into obstacle course racing in the first place, an injury he dealt with not too long after starting to race, how he now trains in order to not let that happen again, and gives you some great tips for you and your training. Whether you are a racer currently or want to become one, I think you'll find this information highly valuable. And real quick before we dive in, I just want to bring to your attention, there is a slight echo that occurs in the audio at about 10 minutes into the interview. With that said, everything is still fully able to be heard, so let's tune in. Cole, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You are quite welcome. I'm glad to get you on. I know you've had a busy weekend of racing and traveling, so I'm excited that you had time to get on and talk to me today. Yeah, yeah. well, Sunday's a recovery day, so it's a good time, and with a race yesterday, I definitely need it. Yes, Sundays are a good day for recovery regardless. Well, let's dive in a little bit to your background. You are an OCR racer now, obstacle course racer now. Um, How did you get into this? What does your background look like? Yeah, definitely. Um, So I grew up running cross country and track throughout high school. So I did that for four years. And when I got out of high school, I saw like this ad on my computer screen for this like mud run Spartan race. And I talked to one of my teammates about it like previously. And I was like, oh man, I really want to do this. And I saw that there was one at the San Francisco Giants Stadium, which is, um, it was a stadium Spartan race, um, which was just like 20 minutes from my house. So I ended up doing that, ended up finishing pretty well and just like, was like, all right, kind of just went all in from there. Um, And basically over the last five years, I've uh, competed in obstacle course races, you know, probably 60, 70 races over the last five years, basically uh, more focused on like the three to 15 mile range in the beginning. And then recently kind of transitioned to like three miles or less. It's kind of been like my bread and butter the last few years, but uh, it's been a good ride. I've kind of traveled uh Spent some time in Europe, did some races over there, and then uh, all throughout the US, the U.S. I've done races over the last five years, so it's been uh, pretty awesome. That's awesome. So when you made this transition uh, from just running to doing running with more strength or you know strength work, body work, that sort of thing, what was that transition like initially for you? Initially, initially it was pretty good because I, my first race was like this. Um, was a stadium race, which was like three miles. And I just finished up my track season and I just ran like 430 miles. So I was in like good speed shape. Um, and it was like only a three mile race. So it was still like pretty like intense and fast. Um, and then I kind of transitioned to these longer, um, 12 to 15 mile races, like in the mountains. And I just didn't really have the endurance for it. So I had to kind of build up my mileage, um, for those. And then, um, kind of with that was, like the big injury that kind of came along with that was just not my lower back would just like uh, just completely seize up and blow out on these longer bucket carries that we would have to do, which is basically you would take a, a uh, just a big bucket and you fill it up with 60, 70 pounds of gravel and we carry it like in the front of our body. And my, just like immediately my back would just seize up and it just felt terrible. How did that, so obviously with these races, the bucket carry is never the same spot through these races. How did that then affect you once it seized up then? How did that affect you the rest of the race? Um, 
you just had to be a little bit more cautious. Like usually like, um, and then we might have like a sandbag carry later and a sandbag carry. Usually you're standing pretty straight up and down um, with the bucket. It kind of makes you fall forward because it's a front loaded carry, uh, especially if you're fatigued. Um, but it would like, even a sandbag carry would start to like my, it just aggravate my back. And it would just be like, I would just have to like stop and like maybe set down the bucket. Like I couldn't go, even though my legs were strong enough and my upper body was strong enough to carry it. I was, wasn't able to like, um, I would have to stop and like rest. And, um, and then afterwards for a few days, it would just be like super locked up and I couldn't really do anything. And if I really let it um, like rest and not pick up anything like for the next couple of days, then it would start to kind of like relax. Did it ever completely take you out of races or were you always able to, like, it would always calm down so you could actually compete again for the next race? It, um, you know, I actually, luckily I was able to complete every race. Um, it was more so that I just wasn't able to like do any practice in training and stuff. So I would basically like, I couldn't do any like, um, like posterior chain, like, um, exercises to like strengthen that area. Cause I think that was one of the, the problems with it is like, I came from a running background and I hadn't done any kind of strength training focused on like the posterior chain or anything like that. So like, it just wasn't strong enough. Um, so then in training, I wasn't actually able to focus on it because it like hurt so bad. And I would just have to wait basically till my next race and just do it again. Um, so yeah, I would, luckily I was, I wasn't able, I didn't have to drop out of any races because of it though. All right. Awesome. So you're dealing with the back seizing up on these bucket carries for the most part. Um, to get over that and be able to compete without having pain now what did that process look like did you go to therapy did you just kind of figure it out on your own strength training wise um so i did i saw a couple of pts and it was basically just rest it um was kind of like the best thing and then you know start with some um uh just some like posterior chain activation exercises like bird dogs and things like that and then I kind of, and then I started working with a coach, um, Ryan Kempson, and he had this philosophy called the Berdanko method that he followed. And it was basically um, these like deep water exercises, um, which basically you're in a pool with like flotation device, like um, belt on you, and you're just moving in all sorts of ranges of motion. And it just helped to deload my whole spine. Um, and that really helped with getting over this pain and then after that one of the greatest exercises i think for um developing that like um the like lower back strength it's just uh kettlebell swings i'm a huge fan of them it's really funny i used when i first started learning kettlebell stuff i absolutely hated kettlebells and now i absolutely love them because <laughs> you can do so much with them do you yeah i i did too because um it's definitely a skill like um if you can't, you gotta be able to like learn to control the kettlebell um, and you kind of gotta like flow with it. But uh, now that we have kind of, like, kettlebells are like a big part of like my strength training now. And we do like lots of me and uh, my roommates, um, my training partners, we do lots of like circuit, kettlebell circuits where clean snatches, um, kettlebell swings, single arm kettlebell swings, um, all sorts of things. And we kind of make it into like an hour long strength training we call it aerobic kettlebell workouts so it's kind of we keep our heart rate like just like an aerobic zone and we're kind of getting some strength work in but we're also like kind of building that aerobic engine that's awesome so what does a doing kettlebell work is that all you're doing for strength or are you doing anything else now these days 
Yeah, you know, it kind of changed drastically um, this past, this last year, because uh, we had this competition that came out. It was called TMX, Tough Mudder, and it was Tough Mudder X. Um, and it was a one mile course with a lot of really heavy carries. So we would have or heavy obstacles. So you would get to a um, 110 pound sandbag and you had to do cleans with it, 15 cleans, and then maybe put it over your head and do thrusters or something like 15 times. And I realized I just wasn't strong enough for it. So um, I kind of started working um, just like I built like this whole strength training program along with um, my roommate, Matt Kempson. And we were doing, so then we started, we kind of added in um, squats, overhead presses, um, deadlifts, and then we got into Olympic lifting a good amount. So I started going to an Olympic lifting gym to learn the technique around that because it's really, a, it's definitely like a big skill. So I started working on my, um, my clean and my snatch, and I was able to get those numbers up um, considerably higher than they were. So basically in the last year, I would say would be like the first time that I've actually done like um, what most people would call like pretty typical like strength training, um, mainly with like a barbell. And then we add in these kettlebell um, routines a couple times a week too. Awesome. I like it. With the TMX races, was there actual Olympic lifting in it or what made you decide to go the Olympic lifting route? Um, well, the cleans. So the cleans with the sandbag, it's a 110 pound sandbag. But the way that the weight's distributed in a sandbag, it feels like about 160 to 170 pounds if you were doing barbell um, cleans. So I just like, I realized that my max clean with a barbell was like 200 pounds. So if I was trying to do 15 reps, it was going to be pretty hard if it's that, if, um, if like one rep is that close to my max. So I was like, I just need to figure out how to get stronger at this movement. So I was able to get up my clean to 265 pounds, um, which is considerably higher. So, um, and then I kind of snatching, which is something that I just kind of wanted to learn too, just as um, like a skill that I wanted to have. That's awesome. I, I absolutely like when it comes to OCR stuff, there's really for the most part, not a lot of relevance for the clean or the snatch, but I absolutely love working on them and they're just fun lifts to perfect. They are, and it's cool to see progress. You know, it can be frustrating, especially with the snatch, just because it changes, yeah, day to day. Like, you might, you know, it might be a 20, 30-pound difference just based on uh, how you're feeling that day. So it's a little frustrating. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's not too much um, crossover between it and, like, obstacle course racing. But with this um, this TMX race that we had out, there definitely was a lot of crossover in it. Definitely like the guys who were performing well at this race. If you looked at like the, the numbers that they were lifting in the gym, they were considerably higher than like regular obstacle horse racers um, running like Spartan races and things like that. Okay. Have you ever done, I was curious, I think they're called Epic races. Have you ever done any of those? Yeah, I actually did one. It was my, uh, it was right when I graduated from high school, I did that stadium race. And then a couple weeks later, because I started Googling, I was like, wow, this obstacle course race and things pretty sweet. So I started Googling it and I found a race in San Jose, which was pretty close. So I went and did it. Um, and it was cool. It was like the, it's two parts with the first part being the running and then some obstacles. And then the second part was like uh, more like a lifting thing where they had barbells and things, but I'd never lifted before. So I decided not to do it because I didn't really even know how to clean or deadlift technique or anything like that. Um, but I would like to go back and try one. I have a couple friends that think I that have 
told me I should do them and I've looked into them. They do look a lot of fun. I love barbell work. Um, they just aren't the only one near me is San Diego in November. And I have something else going on that weekend. Gotcha. Are you, lo you're located in Southern California then? I'm Phoenix actually. You're in Phoenix. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, go it looks like all, all of their events are in uh, Southern California, but yeah, they, uh, they're cool. I, I would like to do one. Um, what I got kind of planned um, in the future is there's, uh, there's a new company. It's a German company that's coming over called High Rocks, and they're doing these uh, races where it's uh, you run one kilometer, and then you do an obstacle, and then you run one kilometer, you do an obstacle, and do eight kilometers, which is about five miles. And um, the obstacles are like sled pushes or it'd be like a hundred wall balls or you'll get on like a skier and you're, or like an indoor rower and you'll row and then you go run. So it's kind of these cool, a um, little bit like strength, but also just being able to run fast for five miles. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty big in, uh, all over like, like Europe. I know it started in Germany and then the U.S. started in October. So I'm uh, in my Oh, look into that that's cool so how do you how are you um training we've talked about the strength training itself how are you training for more of the upper body obstacles um so originally that was kind of one of the big things when i first got into obstacle course racing which is not being able to hold on to some of these obstacles and being able to get transition through these like, more technical monkey bars or rigs um and then as what I found, I guess, was the best thing to train for this was just get into rock climbing. So I started bouldering. I got, like, a membership to my local bouldering gym. I was just doing tons of bouldering. And then I was doing a lot of dead hands. Um, and just, like, getting on monkey bars and made a break at my house. So mainly, like, these upper body ones. Lots of times. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely a lot of crossover between – it's been a year since I've climbed, but just getting back into doing obstacle course racing and rock climbing, like there's so much crossover between those two as far as just learning the body control. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Once you kind of like learn to like flow up like a, a route, you can kind of make yourself through like a rig or a monkey bar a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And then, the, like you said, the dead hangs for grippers. Dead hangs are great, but they're just boring. So it's, you know, it's, you know, it's tough just to hang far. Like, it's not the most entertaining. So you kind of um, – that's why I always tell people this to go when people are, like, having struggle – or struggling with, like, these upper body um, obstacles. It's just do some rock climbing, kind of get into it, have some fun with it, and uh, it'll pay off big time. Yeah, definitely. I've started, too, if I – because I agree. Dead hangs are boring. Um, but, like, if I just have time to kill, so I work – um, out of two different CrossFit boxes. And so if I just have time to kill, sometimes I'll like start at one end of the rig and just like monkey my way down to the other, just kind of playing around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Like that's what I built one, you know, like a little, like, um, I built like a kind of a rig at my house where I could attach softballs or pipes or all sorts of things. I could switch it out and I would just like practice going through. And if I could go through and backwards with one configuration, I just like change it up and I just kept like changing it and making it harder. And that definitely helped a lot. It was super fun. That's awesome. Yeah, if, you, if you're able to do a setup like that, it's cool. So what do you do? I'm curious. You've had your back injury. You haven't really had any other injuries, which is awesome. 
what do you do or do you do anything specifically to uh, like protect the shoulders or protect different areas in order to reduce your risk of injury? Um, yeah, the shoulder thing, that's something that I guess I haven't done too much besides uh, just lots of like strengthening to it. So like overhead pressing, um, lots of kettlebell work, which is like just doing lots of like snatching. Um, I like to do lots of like kettlebell snatches. Um, and then just getting in the water a lot. And when we're in the water, we're basically, we're taking a whole body through all range of the motion. So like I'll do, be doing a running motion, but I'll exaggerate the arm action and I'll be spinning my arm. It's a little bit hard to explain, but like basically it's my, my, my shoulder is going through its full range of motion, which is like basically once you, once you start like sitting at a desk or something, that's what I've noticed is when you start doing just the same motion every time, or if you're like, I know a lot of rock climbers and they're doing lots of pulling motions. And if you're doing too much pulling motion, then you're going to get these like, um, these shoulder problems. But I really haven't had too much problem with that just because I keep more balanced, you know, the pushing and the pulling, um, doing lots of pull-ups while also doing a lot of pushing exercises. And I think you point out a great thing there is just allowing your body to go through its full range of motion on a regular basis, because you're right. We, most people do sit at desks and if they reach overhead, it's like maybe to put something away in a cabinet. But for the most part, people just aren't challenging their full ranges of most motion, which is why a lot of these injuries do happen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So you're doing the three mile races now for the most part. What does kind of your near future, the next couple of years look like with your racing, sipping, sticking with the short stuff you think, or going longer again? Yeah, so I, I want to stick with the short stuff. You know, my goal or what, what my hope is is that they come out with or Spartan or another company comes out with like a shorter one-mile race similar to TMX with a lot of strength obstacles. Um, I really do like the strength uh, aspect along with the running. I think it's a great way just to challenge an athlete. And so I really hope something like that comes out, but, you know, there's no guarantees. So – Right now, I'm just focused on um, these Spartan Stadium races and these, like, which are these short three-mile races through uh, baseball or, and uh, football stadiums. Um, so that's kind of what I want to focus on in the next few years and just keep getting closer to, like, the, you know, the top in that obstacle course racing realm, um, as well as just, you know, challenging myself to basically any, any race that pops up, like uh, – so this was, yesterday I was competing in a stadium race in Dallas, and the week before I competed in a wheelbarrow uh, pushing race. Um, so really, I'm down for any kind of competition that comes my way. Awesome. Well, what's on your schedule the rest of the year? What's you look, What's it look like? So I'm out. I'm living out in Boulder, Colorado, and we got a race at Fort Carson, Colorado, next month. So I'll be there. And then after that, I'm kind of trying to figure out what I want to do. There's kind of a three-month gap, which either I'll completely, like, um, kind of, like, deload my training and take a little bit of time off, just let my body completely recover, and then build back up for, like, the rest of the season. Because I have um, a, two stadium competitions in November. So if I kind of um, train for the next month, take a little bit of time off, and then build up, and then really peak for those two races – that would be a goal as well as um, that competition I told you about high rocks, which is that, uh, that running a German um, obstacle course race. So probably do that. So, you know, at least three to four more kind of big competitions uh, on the schedule for the rest of the year. Awesome. Well, good luck with all of those.
I appreciate it. Uh, just to kind of close things out a little bit, if someone is considering getting into, like, is a runner or a CrossFitter considering getting into obstacle course racing, what's kind of some good tips you can give them for getting started? Yeah. Um, so if they come from a running background, then, you know, their endurance is probably going to be pretty good and their speed is probably going to be pretty good. It's probably going to be the hanging obstacles that are probably going to throw them off the most is what we see. So rock climbing. Um, and then if you come from a strength training background, um, probably still the rock climbing, but just slowly building up that mileage. And uh, what we see a, like a lot is, you know, people getting injured from, you know, just jumping up too fast. And especially in this obstacle course racing realm, everyone's kind of trying to be like the toughest. And they're like, oh, I can handle anything. Um, but you do want to build up your mileage like very slowly. Um, so basically, like I, I put like about um, when I'm building up, I go about 5% more than I did last week. Um, so just kind of like slow increments to it. And then as far as running, you just want to be able to get in um, a couple, like probably two quality sessions. And what I mean by that would be like a speed work on the track, like uh, 400 meter repeats or fart lick, which is like speed play, which is when you're running and then you're speeding up, slowing down. Um, so that'd be like a quality or a tempo, which is like a sustained, like harder effort. Um, and then in between that, just getting as much aerobic uh, work as you can, whether it be on the bike or runs, um, always getting a long run in the, uh, every week is uh, always great. Awesome. If someone wants to follow your journey, where can they find you? Yeah, so I post uh, most of my stuff on Instagram. It's cole.ocr. And yeah, I like, like, like to post a lot of my training, um, race results, and just kind of help people out. Sometimes I put some obstacle technique stuff on there. So anything that can help people out. Awesome. Well, Cole, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it again. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. And that concludes this episode of Highly Functional. I truly appreciate the time you spend to listen to myself and my colleagues share with you how to become highly functional individuals and how to be highly functional individuals. If you learned great information from this, I would love for you to share it with your friends and help them become highly functioning individuals as well. Until next time, go out and be highly functional.